envelopes that are in the pews and uh, mark on those Christmas offering and they'll be used to give to the Graveport Madison Human Needs. The pl offering plates are in the back, so if you want to drop your uh, offering in the plates as you depart, that would be perfectly fine. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, we are grateful for this day. We are grateful for your Son, our Savior, whose birth we celebrate over this next day. Lord, we just ask that you uh, continue to keep us in the palm of your hands and that you dedicate this offering that's given tonight <coughs> to the needs within our community, both large and small. Lord, we uh, are delighted and uh, grateful to give back just a small portion of what it is that you've given to us uh, to help the others in our community tonight. Use these to build your kingdom and to make yourself known to others. All these things we ask in your son's name. Amen. The scripture reading tonight comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. It's the traditional Christmas story. I'll be using the King James Version tonight. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. May I, God add his blessing to this reading of his holy scripture. Well, good evening, and let us pray together. Lord, may the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, we come this evening once again to remember the greatest story that has ever been told, at least the beginning of it, the story of Jesus coming to us, of Mary and Joseph, of the census, of Herod, of the Magi, of the manger of where he was laid, of the angels and the shepherds, and of course God's promises and God's gifts to us this evening. When we remember how Jesus, how he comes into our life, and the difference that he makes is that of hope, that of peace, that of joy, and that of love. And all this is God's gift to us. One of the greatest stories that I think is also ever told in the history is a story that happened in 1914 in World War I. You see, it was the evening of Christmas Eve, and as you know, in the World War I, there was lots of trenches that were dug, and between uh, the British and the Germans on the line on the Western Front, there were trenches that were oftentimes pretty close together. And uh, by records, it, it appears that even about 30 yards in some places as these trench lines went up and down all across uh, the Western Front. And on those days, uh, the British and Germans were there, and they were close enough that they could yell to and back from each other. And so oftentimes, uh, you know, as we do kind of in war times, we paint the picture of the other people. And so, you know, each side thought that they were the noble cause and the other people were horrible, so they'd always shout, you know, obscene things to each other or try to discourage each other or just taunt or jaunt or whatever. Except on Christmas Eve of 1914. And something truly remarkable happened that evening. It was something called the Christmas Truce that took place. We have records of this. It actually happened. We have not only the accounts of those that were there, but we have the written down memoirs of those that were part of it. We have uh, photographs of this actually taking place. And what, how it started was the Germans actually started celebrating Christmas. And so they made Christmas trees and they put it up on their trenches and they started singing all sorts of Christmas hymns. And the British also started singing their Christmas hymns as it was Christmas Eve. And at some point on the line, now this, you have to understand in World War I, uh, there was different sections and legions, if you will, or different parts of the, the Western Front. And so it was kind of different everywhere, but there was a couple places at least where a truce was drawn. And in one retelling of the story that I heard from a, a person that was there that was recorded down, he was telling the story, and this British man was saying that all of a sudden, one of the Germans yelled out and said, tomorrow, we no shoot, you no shoot. And they said, sounds good to us, right? And so next day, uh, that comes out, and Christmas Day actually happens, and lo and behold, the British and the Germans came out and exchanged gifts in the middle of what was called no man's land. And it's remarkable that this happened, this, this world war going on of these two groups fighting each other. And then one day on Christmas Day of 1914, the British and the Germans stepped across all of their trenches. They stepped across the barbed wire and they went to where only bombs were being shot at and bolts and everything. And they met each other and the gifts they gave were not quite, you know, what Jesus got, but they were cigarettes and champagne, which in war, I guess that's as good as any, isn't it, at the moment, and sure enough, that's what happened, and they exchanged, and one of the British even reminds us that at one point, he remembers a proper, what he called football, we just call it a soccer ball, was brought out by the Germans, and about 200, he said, people were all gathered around, and there wasn't a game, but they were actually kicking the soccer ball, 
And it was so funny because the interviewer said, did, did you get to kick it? And he goes, oh yeah, I had to go at it. And he remembers you know, kicking it as a 19-year-old in the middle of this war with the Germans. And they're picture after picture of you know, people with their German hats and the, and the British with their coats standing next to each other, smoking cigarettes, taking pictures with each other, and over and over and over just fraternizing with each other and celebrating that Christmas day. It was one of those stories that, of course, the newspapers loved it and picked it up and tried to spread it all. And there were many people who didn't believe it happened, except we know it did, not only because of the pictures, but because of the memoirs and the testimonies of those that had been part of it. And in fact, some of the people in the pictures were chased back to their families. And we know for a fact that they were real people at a real place in a real time where this took place. And I'm always amazed at that story. And it gives me chills to look at those pictures because 24 hours before that, they were the enemy, and they were shooting at each other. And in that brief moment of singing Christmas hymns and seeing the Christmas tree come up, brotherly love, I guess, this Christmas spirit won and actually conquered World War I on that day. Of course, that was the only time in that war. The war went on, and in, in the future, that day didn't ever happen again. Word got back to the superiors, and the, there was a lot of superiors that said, no, you're not allowed to do this ever again. There were, of course, inter like inventions of gas and tanks and artillery and all sorts of stuff that made it even more difficult to ever try that again. But nonetheless, there were parts on that Western Front where enemies came together, and actually for that day, were brothers. By witnesses, it lasted a day and a half where World War I was conquered. Well, as you look at, of course, that story, it's amazing to think of in the future what those men must have thought of each other. Because in a few more hours or a few days, you know, they all of a sudden the war kicked back on. And life went back to normal. But I've often thought to myself, what if in that moment, if you could go back in a time machine and if things could change, right? What if in that moment, the people heard what had happened and the superiors said, what if we let Christmas win? Right? And instead of, hey, get back to your trench and get out your gun, what if the superiors said, you know what? We were able to do this for one day. Why couldn't we do it more? <laughs> and I just wonder if almost in that moment, God's hand was coming down and saying, no, we're not even going to do World War I. We're just going to skip that. And humanity said, no, God, we're going to keep fighting, right? Because in that moment in the story that was told, the demonization of each other, the demonization of the people and all the people that, you know, we had, that both sides were making propaganda against all of a sudden was not valid. And the people saw each other as fellow human beings and fellow Christians and worshipers of the same God. And of course, I think about Christmas and this story and I think about how so many oftentimes we come to it on a, on a Christmas year and just like World War I on that day, it lasts for about a day and a half. And this story of God's love conquering our hearts, this story of Jesus coming to the earth, fulfilling everything that God had promised, of coming to you and me and offering us hope and love and peace and joy and the acceptance of God's arms wrapped around us to become once again his children through the work that Jesus would do later on the cross and the empty tomb. And how often that only lasts for about a day and a half. 
and then life goes back to normal and the world once again conquers. One of the things that I'm always blown away at at this story is how often the greatest story that was ever told becomes second fiddle or the thing that gets put back on the stove while you cook something else or something that just maybe slips our mind as we go about the busyness of this season and thus January comes and we're more worried about our weight than we were about the condition of our heart and the rightness with God that we experience on Christmas. And yet, even so, even though we struggle year after year and time and time again, Jesus shows up in this service to remind us that he loves each and every single one of us. This year was kind of a a neat year for me because not only because it's coming back because last year, of course, we didn't have this group of people in here and I was preaching to a wall, which let me tell you, it's a lot more fun to preach with people in the room and to see eyes and, and to be in, filled with love with each other than it is to preach to an empty wall and hope that, you know, it's going out through some, you know, internet to something and some computer and that you're feeling the love of God in that moment. But as I was just doing this week, it was one of these weeks where I got to actually uh, help stuff the bulletins, which normally I don't have time for, but this week it happened to be where Melinda got tied up and had to make some last minute changes and couldn't uh, get it all stuffed. And so I got to come in and stuff bulletins. And so I spent uh, one day touching every single one of the bulletins that are in your hands. And I got to stuff the words, and I got to stuff the poinsettias, and I got to stuff uh, the candle lighting that we had of each and every single one and fold it over and crease it once again. And as I did, I was reminded that every single heart every single hand that would touch this, that God's gift of Christmas was for them. So maybe you didn't know it when you came in tonight, but not only was God's love part of your bulletin, but your pastor's heart was there too. When you touched it, I hope you felt just a shock of love just come through you and the Holy Spirit moving, but God's love was there and it just reminded me how much that God cares for each of you, every single one of you. And he doesn't want the gift that he's giving here tonight in this story of Jesus, this story of Mary, the story of Joseph, the census, the Herod, the Magi, the manger, the angels, the shepherds, to just be a day and a half. Jesus wants to conquer the war of your life, if you'll let him. Let us pray. God, as we're here tonight, once again, we're moved to remember your love. You are the God that is always reaching out towards us. And in so many ways, we try to hide. In so many ways, we try to run. But God, you consistently come after us. And even when we think all hope is lost and that we're dead to all rights, and that sin has conquered our life, you show up. And so God, once again, this evening, be the Lord of our life as we surrender to you that we accept being found once again. May you rule, Lord, not just for a day and a half. May you rule over our life for the rest of our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.